Hey everyone, welcome to episode 70 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. And on this week's show, we are joined by Brian Martin, head brewer at Tradition Brewing Company in Newport News, Virginia. Thank you for joining us, Brian. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, man. Thanks for joining us. I was super psyched when Michelle reached out uh, with interest in being on the show. And uh, we're looking forward to getting to know you a little bit and know a little bit more about tradition brewing. But first, I have a qualm to solve with you. Uh, I had your ghost pepper lager last year. <laughs> I remember and... you guys doing that. That was, that was good. <laughs> yeah, we had it up for like a couple of different. We used to do like polls for all of our beers before we yep. reviewed them or whatever. And nobody would pick the ghost pepper lager. I was like, I did. I thought for sure. Every time. Reese kept picking it. This I think I was like shocked that people didn't want to like light me up. So eventually I just was like, you know what? I'm not letting this sit here any longer. Just yeah, like, how how just long didn't. did that linger before it was gone? Oh man. I think I actually said on the show one point, I was like, I am so sorry for anyone at Tradition Brewing listening to this, but I could this is the one beer that I could not finish. It burned so bad. It was brutal. <laughs> so you cannot make food spicy enough for me. I love spicy food. But I can't yeah. do I can't drink pepper beers. So when when people ask me to do a pepper beer, I go all in. I'm like, if if it's gonna make me miserable, it's gonna make you miserable. Dude, I was I, like legit I was like, this is probably like I've eased my way into spicier things here and there. Like I can do some spicy wings and I you know, I try the really hot stuff like buffalo buffalo wild wings. So I was like, I could do this, no big deal. But that's a different burn going down your esophagus and into your stomach and just like hanging out there for a minute. It was intense. It was intense. Um, it's like our friends at um, uh, uh, Beers and Beards podcast talk about the Kentucky hug for their bourbon reviews. But like next level. Did did you like did you have to like dampen it at all? Like because that's ghost pepper. That's crazy. So we uh we've got a little three and a half barrel fermenter that we kind of do all of our weird stuff in, and we actually siphoned off some of our craft lager, uh, our our Munich Hellas base, onto just a pile of dehydrated smoked um, ghost peppers, and that that's what we ran with. We didn't dilute it at all. It's like I think it was forty five, fifty peppers in three barrels of beer. Oh my god! Uh, oh my gosh. It was quite a bit of pepper. Oh my god! It that's was nuts. Tough. Yeah. Reese, have you had pepper beers? Could you do that? I could not. I am a pansy when it comes to hot things. I've, I had a jalapeno beer one time and I took a sip and no, no chance. So yeah, yeah. I would, I would, <laughs> I could not do a ghost pepper beer. Absolutely not. It was intense, but I bet you there were a bunch of fans out there. I bet you oh, people were. People love it. I mean, we, we'd have people that come in and drink two or three pints of it in a row. And I'm just like, oh, how, how? I've done a few, and that's the last one I did. I, I kept making it spicier and spicier, trying to throw those guys off, and, and they yeah. still love it. They kept coming back. <laughs> coming back be, that'll put some hair Man. on your chest, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. that that was the I had to I had to I had to throw that out there. Um. So, thank you for torturing me. But Excellent. yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into some of your background and and your philosophies of, of brewing and all that soon, and hear more about your specialty. Uh, kind of weird beers to uh, that you're that you're working on, um, but we hear you guys have a, a beer release coming up this weekend. So can you give us a little taste of of what you guys are putting out this weekend? Yeah, so actually, uh, just canned and can't get today. It's what uh, it's what I'm drinking right now. It's um, a new hazy pale ale we're doing. Uh, we're calling it Beer with a Vision. Uh, this is oh, the, man. the label. Um, we actually doing this in collaboration with 
uh, quite a few of our ingredient suppliers uh, that kind of donated um, all the grain, the hops, the cans, the labels, pretty much everything. Um, so we can donate a, a big chunk of money to um, Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, they, they do a lot of work with helping visually impaired adult, adults out, um, which the call is really close to me. Uh, I've had a couple of retina detachments uh, in my lifetime, one just a few months ago. Um, so vision loss is something I've lived with uh, for a while. Yeah, wow, that's that's cool, man. Well, that that beer can label looks awesome, and uh, we're excited to learn more about that. But I'm I'm hoping you can kind of, I'm interested in learning more about what you kind of just mentioned the the um, <clears throat> Massachusetts. Sorry, let me see Association of the Blind and Visually Impaired, and also kind of your story as well. We we read a little bit into your story and why that cause is so important to you. But so, how did you get involved with that with that association? Uh, so, uh, like I kind of alluded to a minute ago. Um, in May of this year, actually, uh, my left retina uh, detached, and when when that happened, uh, I was out of commission here at the brewery for for about a month. Um, I was on bed rest essentially for a month. Um, got linked up with uh, Massachusetts Association for the Blind because uh, they have Team with a Vision, which is a um, a Boston Marathon uh, charity team and a, uh, a team of visually impaired and blind runners and their guides that run Boston Marathon. Um, and I'm myself, I'm a runner, uh, so that, that link kind of got made. I'm going to run Boston Marathon with the team this year. And uh, yeah, this beer is it's purely to, uh, to kind of raise awareness and funds for, for that organization. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great, man. I, I um, so they didn't have the uh, marathon last year, right? Because of COVID, it was uh, it was virtual, so they had it, but um, people ran it uh, kind of at their at their home, you know, home course wherever that's that great. was. Um, so they didn't actually have it uh, in person in Boston because of COVID. So they will this year. Yep, it's going to be uh, live in person on October 11th, uh, Monday, October 11th of this year. It's right awesome. around the corner. Yep. A couple months, yeah. Yeah, it's, dude, it's hard to believe that that's so soon already. I can't believe right? it. Right? It feels like it's almost August. August. <laughs> yeah, this is mind-blowing. Well, um, you know, obviously that the, the uh, retina detachments, I've never experienced that before. Um, for, I've been blessed with, with great vision my entire life. So what is that like to go through that? Uh, well, it, it's not fun. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty scary. Um, and essentially, I was um, here at Murray, actually, uh, and all of a sudden, I just I started to get a, um, a black veil, uh, is what they call it, kind of going across my field of vision. So um, basically just started losing my vision. It was going black. Uh, like somebody was slowly kind of uh, moving something in front of my field of vision. And uh, I've actually been through it before a few years ago in, in my other eye. Um, so when it started happening, I, I got on the phone with my doctors right away. It was about three o'clock here at the brewery uh, when it started, and I was uh, in the operating room at EVA by eleven o'clock uh, that same night. So it's wow something that you got to catch really quick to to kind of stabilize and um, save save your vision. Well, it sounds like you're back on the up and up, which is really great to hear, and it's great that you know you're taking these steps to you know uh, contribute to that community and and help other people out um, that, you know, are going through what you're, what you've went through or, you know, some other things, you know, I, I personally have terrible vision. 
Um, I've, I, you know, I got bottle cap glasses, you know, luckily they can, <laughs> luckily they can make them a little bit thinner now, but yeah, I scratched my cornea one time and couldn't see for like three days. It was miserable. So, you know, I can empathize with you there. It's, you know, not something that anybody ever wants to go through. So good to, Absolutely. yeah, good to see you, you know, you're back on your feet again, making, uh, making great beers. So cool. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, so it's- tough as it is to go from, you know, I had 20-20 vision in that eye uh, when it started, and now I'm at like 2200-ish in that eye um, overnight. So as much as that sucks, uh, you know, a lot of people go through the same thing or other things where their vision's gone uh, overnight, and they, they have to live with that, and there's no getting it back. Right. So as much as the detachment sucked, at least it was something that um, they could be kind of stabilized and, and fixed for me. Yeah, that's great. Wow. And so team with a vision, you said it was a team of runners who are visual, also visually impaired. Um, so you ha- are, do they have like, um, you know, I guess clinically blind folks running the, the marathon? Yeah. So team with a vision is, um, is charity runners uh, who are uh, not visually impaired uh, in any way that uh, simply want to raise uh, awareness and funds for the organization. Um, but it's also a significant number or a, a, a big number of people that are either visually impaired or blind um and they they have uh guide runners essentially that will run alongside them uh for the marathon and kind of navigate them and um you know let let them live their life uh despite that loss so it's it's really kind of a cool um organization and uh pretty cool to be a part of it that's really cool so um can folks just go to teamwithavision.com or Massachusetts uh, Association for uh, Blind and Visually Impaired and, and donate through them directly as well? Is that an yeah, option? Um, they're, they're always uh, happy to take any help that they can get. Um, Massachusetts Association for the Blind, um, easy to find in a quick Google search. Uh, and then they've got a subset of that page for Team with a Vision, uh, which is their official uh, Boston okay. Marathon charity team. Uh, for for the organization okay and i believe about how to help out contribute um financially or otherwise yeah and i believe you actually have your own personal uh goal of raising a certain amount of money as well right yeah my my personal goal is to to raise ten thousand dollars uh between uh when i started raising money a a while back uh between then and, and marathon monday uh in october so we're well on the way there and um yeah, hopefully we can get that number by the marathon. How can folks uh, contribute to uh, contribute uh, to so that? We, we set up a given game page. It's kind of like um, any of the other um, social giving platforms. Um, and there's a link to that um, in the event page that we have on Facebook for the beer release uh, for Beer with a Vision this Friday at Tradition. Nice. Yep, and we'll definitely include it. We'll include a link to that in the podcast description and also in the YouTube description. So for all you guys listening, make sure you check that out and donate what you can to help uh, Brian's cause and Team with the Vision's cause. That I mean, that sounds awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the beer itself, and and also do some of the proceeds. Is the plans for some of the proceeds to kind of go towards that fundraising? So um, as I mentioned earlier, we uh, we got um, the the bulk of the ingredients and materials for this beer donated. Uh, all of our Ingredient suppliers are kind of future here in the can. Um, so we had Proximity Malt um, help us out with the malt, and uh, Hop Havoc, our hop supplier, gave us all the hops for the beer. 
um, Blanco labels hooked us up with the labels, Omega Yeast with the yeast, and um, Wine and Beer Supply out of Richmond, Virginia. They gave us all the cans that, uh, that we needed to can it up. Um, so yeah, that, that being said, since the beer didn't really cost us anything, everything was donated, we're, uh, we're donating 100% of the proceeds from this beer in the tap room and distribution to uh, Massachusetts Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Really so, cool. Nice. We'll be donated. That's, That's so awesome. cool. So cool. Is, is it going to be available in stores or at the uh, in the tap room? So we're going to try to keep the majority of it here uh, in the tap room just so we can kind of maximize that number because uh, obviously we'll, we'll make the most yeah. here uh, that way. But we are going to have some of it out in distribution uh, throughout um, the, I guess, the eastern half of Virginia. So from Richmond to Virginia Beach, uh, we'll see distribution through that area um, in a small way. Awesome, it, man. It's well, a, uh, I didn't even talk about the beer yet. So it's a, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a hazy pale ale uh, brewed with uh, Citra and Eldorado hops. So it's, um, it's exactly what you'd expect out of a hazy, juicy pale ale. Uh, lots of tropical note, uh, tropical fruit and citrus notes out of it. Um, proximity uh, malt, they've got malted oats that just lend a really good mouthfeel to this beer. So it's nice, silky, smooth mouthfeel uh, to go with that big hop flavor. Love it. Sounds delicious. I know Reese is getting more into IPAs these days, so his mouth's probably watering. But uh Yeah. It is actually, yeah. I could use that, especially on a hot day like this. Yeah, dude. It's been it's been miserable here in uh seven five seven in Hampton Roads. But um perfect warm. perfect I'm sure up there where you're at as well, Reese, probably just as hot, right? Very humid too, man. It's like it feels like it's gonna rain every day, but our grass is dead, so yeah. <laughs> doesn't, make, doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, that sounds delicious, man. I'm all about IPAs. IPAs are are my jam. So I definitely will. Uh, I live in Virginia Beach, so it's it, Newport News across the pond a little bit. But um, I actually will be making my way up that direction to head home to my hometown to visit in uh, August. So I'll definitely swing by. Hopefully, you guys will have some left. Um, we'll, we'll save some for you. I wanted to get you some uh, by the time we recorded, but we we literally can't finish Canada about two hours ago. So it's uh, that's awesome. It's, fresh as it can be yeah and you guys can right there in the facility right i'm pretty sure yep. i saw we, on your website we got our own canning line uh so we, we can pretty much everything we brew uh it's all canned right here in-house um yeah you guys have a pretty big facility there right it's like i think what five thousand square feet or something the uh our tap room is almost six thousand square feet so okay. uh, two levels we've got a mezzanine upstairs with it with its own little bar and then a, a really big downstairs space um Quite a bit of outdoor space also, uh, which really came in handy over the last year. Uh, and then our our production area is pretty pretty large also. Uh, we got about another 6,000 square feet. Uh, so yeah, plenty of room to stretch over here. Nice. How many, um, I, I see there's a lot of different uh, beers on your website here. How many uh, barrels do you guys usually do a year? Uh, our brew house is a 20 barrel uh, system and we do, uh, I've got two 20 barrel fermenters and three 40 barrel fermenters. So that's uh, about 620 and 1240 gallons uh, nice. at a time. And um, yeah, I've got about 20, I think I've got 21 beers on tap right now. Uh, Beer with a visual make 22 for this weekend. And uh, most of those are always rotating selection. We, we try not to have the same thing on for too long. Yeah, that's uh, I I, I want to get into some of the beers that you have on your on your uh, list there because they're 
they're not very common. They're not normal. And I love to see that. <laughs> I really do. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys that you won't ever see me drinking the sitting beer twice usually. And I'm usually trying to find like, uh, you know, different stuff and try new things. So really cool. But before we get into that, I kind of want to talk about how you guys opened your doors, you know, as the first brewery in Newport News in 2016, you know, what, you know, what drove you, what gave you the inspiration to, you know, make this change, you know, where were you before? And then what, what brought you into this? So I actually just joined Tradition two years ago, uh, a little over two years now, um, in 2019. Um, they, they did open here in 2016 as the first, uh, the first brewery in Newport News. Um, they really wanted to bring kind of the craft beer scene that was, that was hitting in 2016 to this area. Um, but I, I took over the reins about two years ago um, before that kind of moved around throughout the state and spent a little time in uh, Boulder, Colorado with Avery Brewing also. Oh, um, yeah. I love Avery. Great beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've fallen in love with Newport News. It's uh, I kind of grew up not thinking I would ever have anything to do with Newport News here in Virginia. <laughs> you, know, you hear all the bad stories about Newport News, but I've, yeah. I haven't seen any of those stories uh, come true in my time here, and I love this area. So I plan on sticking around. Nice. Nice. So um, were you, uh, did you learn, you know, the craft from Avery? Were you self-taught? Were you, you know, traditionally taught? So I kind of, I got into the craft beer scene when, um, or the beer scene rather, uh, in 2009-ish when I was in the army actually. And um, I was stationed in Germany. So in Germany, traveling around week to week, I, I kind of picked up on every town having its own, um, you know, kind of specialty beer that, that people in the town loved, and it it kind of brought me out of that, you know, um, Corona, Yingling kind of place <laughs> where I was at when I got there, and uh, I realized that beer can be a lot of things. It's not just um, what we traditionally thought of here as beer. Um, so yeah, I really fell in love with beer while I was there. And then when I got out of the military and got back to Virginia, um, started homebrewing a little bit around the same time that, that Three Notched Brewing opened, um, did a lot of their, uh, pilot and R&D brews, uh, in the early days over there right. before, uh, going out and spending some time at Avery, uh, really kind of honing in my barrel-aged beers by mixed fermentation, wild sour beers, um, brought that back to Virginia, opened up Three Notched Brewing Sour House, did all their mixed fermentation, barrel-aged beers. Uh, spent a little time at Cape Charles Brewing, uh, opening them up, and then down here tradition. Wow, that's cool. You got a you got a nice resume there. I had no idea. Yeah, I love Three Notch. That's another one I loved. Uh, they, I was... Um, Jeez, I, I I feel like I've had a lot of their beers this year. Um, Biggie, I think yeah. Biggie S'mores was from them, right? Wasn't that yep. three notched? Yeah, Biggie S'mores is a is a three notch brew. That's like the one that that's really like popping out at me. But I've had a lot of other ones too. I know I've had at least three or four of their gozas. Yeah, um, I'm sure you've had um, Forty Mile Minute Man. Their um, their goza series. Yeah, um, those are kind of their their bigger names. That's what kind of got me going on the Gozas. I think like one or two years ago, I was I was drinking uh, Gozas from them, which are 
like they seemed like a little bit lighter, a lot more tolerable. Like they were very enjoyable, you know? Yeah. So when, when we started doing those gozas, um, the, the goal was to kind of make that entry level, uh, what, what I like to call a starter sour. Um, right. The, at the sour house, I was doing a lot of really aggressive, um, super sour beers, but you, you got to have that kind of training wheels beer for people to get into it. And, exactly. We're, yeah. we're now brewing kind of that same beer um, here at Tradition. Uh, we've got our Blood Orange Goes as our staple. And then um, it's one of our only flagships, actually. Um, and then we've got a bunch of seasonal um, Goes right now. Blackberry is the, is the oh, one nice. that Blood Orange. Great, great for summertime too, especially if it's, you know, something lighter too, like not like a, not like a farmhouse, you know, like a really just a fodder kind of just oh, the, one of those intense ones, you know, those ones will have you puckering, but, um, it goes as definitely crushable, a little bit sweet, a little bit tangy, just kind of enough of everything to keep everybody happy. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Really cool. I now yeah now my my lips my mouth's watering I gotta <laughs> I gotta make it down there to get one of those now get the blood orange oh that sounds good yeah it does <clears throat> I love orange beer it's so delicious um so yeah three notch is actually opening up in in Virginia Beach soon I believe they are yeah in, in town center yeah, so I'm uh, excited for that uh, Gordon Beer's facility they're gonna open up uh, a oh. spot down here so yeah that's, that's right around the corner from you. Um, so yeah, I mean, beyond kind of like your background and, and what led you to tradition, what's kind of been your biggest challenge in the last couple of years, you know, working as the head brewer? I mean, obviously COVID aside, like we sorry. all know that's a, an, an issue, but I'm curious, like, <clears throat> okay, so you kind of brought it up a second ago about Newport News. I live in Virginia Beach. There is the perception of obviously there's yet to cross the tunnel. Then there's the perception of like Newport News, right? Like, has that been a challenge for you guys to bring in like a, a, a crowd of folks from across the water? It, um, it has. Uh, we got a lot of regulars and then we get a lot of people that are kind of coming through. Uh, we don't see a whole lot of people from Williamsburg or Virginia Beach actually coming to the tap room. It seems like if people in Virginia Beach, Norfolk area are coming across the water, they kind of skip Hampton Roads or Hampton and Newport News and go to Williamsburg and Richmond. Yeah. And then the yeah. folks from Richmond and Williamsburg, if they're heading east, they kind of skip over us and go to Virginia Beach and Norfolk. Uh, so we're kind of in that right. weird little pocket where um, there's not really enough breweries or attractions, I guess, to pull people off the interstate. Um but Coastal Fermentary opening up a few months ago here in Newport News. Yeah. We've seen a, uh, a good little spike from that uh, that's helped us out a lot. So Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, you can't sleep on Newport News and um, and Hampton because we've obviously got Tradition, you've got St. George's, you've got yeah. um, Capstan, which we, we spoke to on the podcast, and Uzzle now Coastal. Oozle Finch, uh, yeah. Oh, man, Oozle yeah. Finch, yeah, super good, so... I definitely just uh, right here about a half mile around the corner from us is, is putting out some great beer too. Um, most which people have that? not. So oh uh, yeah 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 they're like a little one barrels. So they're all in house. Uh, they don't distribute or anything, uh, but they're 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 killing it also. What's their name? Twisted Knot. Twisted Knot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely uh, have to encourage the folks listening to take a pit stop when you cross the water. Uh, usually when I cross the water, I'm usually heading like to our hometown, which is like Buena Vista or Lexington area, uh, or up to see Reese, you know, on occasion. Um, I'm up in Leesburg, to... by the way, Northern Virginia. 
just yeah. um yeah loudon county up here on my own <laughs> yeah. definitely a lot of good breweries in your backyard also so. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah tons so you know you mentioned the the suppliers for or the ingredient suppliers for beer with the cause so can you tell us a little bit more about like how where you typically is it are those your typical like go-to sort of uh suppliers for most of your beer and is anything i know because i noticed on your website like obviously you guys take pride in uh kind of giving the spent grains to local farmers and and a lot of sustainability efforts on, on your part in the in the uh in the brewery so are your ingredients sourced locally as well yeah, we um, we try to kind of shop as local as we can um, without sacrificing quality of our ingredients. Obviously, um, Proximity Malt uh, is is based out of Delaware, uh, and most of their grain comes from um, Maryland, Virginia, and Delaware area. So um, all of that grain that we're getting is the bulk of our grain that we're getting from Proximity is grown uh, kind of close by. And then um, Hop Havoc is stationed or is uh, based out of Baltimore, Maryland, so they're relatively close for us as a hop provider. Um, and then Blanco Labels is uh, here in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, they're a small okay. family family run business. Um, and then Wine and Beer Supply is out of Richmond, Virginia. So we we try to keep it kind of as close close to home as possible. Awesome. Yeah, that's one of the things that we've kind of uh, become fascinated with is. I, I kind of like, can we do a ride along? We need to find a brewer that we can do a ride along with where we like, I want to see how you guys like sample ingredients and figure out because we've talked to maltsters, we've talked to hop farmers and they kind of walk us through like when a brewer approaches them, like how they go about the selection process. And it's, it's kind of this collaborative effort between like, you know, we have an idea, they have an idea. We kind of like pitch, pitch some things back and forth. Like I want to be in the room and it's like, okay, taste this malt, right? Like I just, I just roasted this stuff. Like let's, Let's, you know, whatever you do with it, smell it or taste it or dissolve it in water to see what the color is and, and all that stuff. So how, how much of that do you get to do? Is that, is that happen or is that just like a fairy tale in my head? It does and it <laughs> doesn't. Uh, we, um, the, the bigger scale brewers get to do a lot of um, hop selection. So they'll, they'll get to pick their particular crops that they're getting hops from. Uh, so they're doing a lot of sensory analysis there. Um, we're we're not really at the scale where we get to do that. We kind of have to uh, buy on the spot market and uh, and and trust our suppliers to to give us uh, good quality product. Which Hop Havoc has been amazing for. Um, as far as malt, um, we we have a really close relationship with our our sales guy who actually used to be uh, a brewer. Uh, that's how he and I first met uh, in the industry. Greg Fleehart. He um, formerly of Precarious Brewing and uh, Commonwealth. Um, oh, nice. He's, okay. he's a great guy. Um, I definitely respect him as a brewer. Um, actually, while while I was um, at a commission with the, the post-surgery, uh, Greg actually came in and helped uh, helped out in the brewery and, and canned a little bit of beer for us. Um, so That's it's, awesome. it's definitely a, a close-knit community, and we have to rely on those partnerships that we have. Um, when we can't kind of be there for all that sensory analysis uh, that happens in the labs. That's awesome. Well, I guess the, I'll, I'll let that fairy tale live on in my head. <laughs> it happens, just maybe not as much as you think, as often as you think it happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fun part's actually drinking the final product. We'll just, we'll stick with that, right? Okay. <laughs> That's really cool. So, you know, just kind of going off of the, um, you know, the, 
the sustainability efforts, you know, keeping with, uh, you know, local companies and whatnot. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like your philosophies behind that, you know, uh, using the spent grains at, at local farms, recycling water, you know, something along those lines, kind of like your core values and, and whatnot behind that? We obviously strive to, um, you know, kind of leave as small of a footprint as we can. Um, it, uh, obviously helps us out at the bottom line also um you know getting things closer to us means we're paying less for shipping uh it means we're helping out people in our backyard rather than you know buying from a big corporation somewhere across the uh, the country and um you know we've got a really uh close relationship with our farmer uh who we've been giving green to for for over two years now uh he's down in suffolk and um yeah he's he counts on us to, to feed his livestock. So he's, so he's cool. making a living off of, um, off of what otherwise we would have to, to pay to dispose of. So that's, that's a really close relationship we've got with them as well. That's really cool. Yeah. I know, uh, my wife and I, we go to like our local market and buy from local farmers and whatnot. And it's just great to see that there's those opportunities. Now you don't have to just go to the big, uh, the chain stores or the big, uh, distributors, you know, and get those mass marketed mass produced, uh, probably not the best for you products, you know? So it's, it's great to see that there's options like that. And I'm, I'm guessing that there's probably more options coming up as the years go by. I mean, um, this whole craft beer scene has only been around for what, I mean, probably like, it's probably been around for like 15 years now, I would say. That's not a whole lot of time though, you know, if you really look at the grand scheme of things. So, you know, but, but, you know, the more we've talked to maltsters, more breweries we've talked to, you know, uh, hop farmers, yeast producers, all of that. It's just really great to see that there's a, um, there's like a whole community, you know, smaller communities spread throughout, at least Virginia, um, and everybody's kind of uh, supporting each other and partnering with each other to be successful and, and create great beer. So it's, it's good to see that you are a part of that as well. And um, I can't wait to get down there to try some. I really do. I, I, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about these beers, uh, but I got one more question. Then I'm going to ask you about about at least two or three of these beers. Um, so the ingredient sourcing with with everything that's been going on with the pandemic has that been a big impact to to you know your sources it it has and it hasn't so um because we're we're kind of shopping as close to home as we can we've seen less of an impact uh, than a lot of people have so a lot of a lot of the issues that are happening now with raw goods sourcing are from you know european maltsters that just can't can't get grain into the country for whatever reason whether it's a a lack of uh, shipping containers uh, available to them, um, or just it's taking too long to get stuff shipped over. Uh, it's just kind of a whole a breakdown of the whole supply chain right now. Um, so the fact that, that our grain is going from a farm in Virginia to Delaware to be malted and then straight to us, it, it kind of keeps that close to home. We've got less of a, a hit to us uh, because of everything that's going on right now. Um, one of the big things that we did have a problem with, uh, especially during the peak of COVID, was uh, sourcing cans. Um, everybody's can to draft ratio just shut up, and everybody wanted a can, everything, obviously. Um, so it took the can manufacturers a while to kind of dial uh, manufacturing in and uh, be able to keep up with demand. But, has that uh, kind of has that kind of smoothed out now, and you guys yeah, no it, issues? 
knock on wood hopefully we're we're in the clear now but it, it seems like those um those supply issues for their raw materials and then um for them to actually get cans made it seems like those are, those issues are all kind of worked out at this point okay yeah, cool. i remember us talking to uh jimmy lochran from smart mouth <laughs> early on in our podcast that he's our first brewer that we interviewed and that was like right at the time that COVID hit. And that's what, that was the issue going on was the canning thing. Yeah. They're like, how can people help? He's like, just come to the tap room. This <laughs> is buy draft beer, you know, um, buy, uh, certain carbonated beverages that aren't beer in a grocery store. Exactly. Yeah. Drink, <laughs> drink only water and beer and that's it. Water and beer. Yeah. Nothing else. You don't need anything else. What else are you even drinking? What is there? What else is there to drink? Um, I do enjoy scotch on occasion. But okay. that doesn't that go. doesn't affect the can supply. I just did that the glass bottle. Exactly. <laughs> That's fine. All right, Reese, you're dying to ask, man. There's some crazy beers. Let's do Let's it. Hear it. Well, yeah. So, like, you never see first off a, a a wheat wine. I feel like you rarely see a wheat wine anywhere, right? Like, I I think like maybe like one out of ten breweries that I go to will have one that pops up like seasonally, right? So you have a oh, bear less than that. I. Right. I've only been to a handful that have ever had a wheat wine. Um, I, I'm like searching for them. Like that's probably why. And and you're probably right. It's probably like one out of fifty or something like that. But anyways, yeah. So you have a bourbon barrel wheat wine. So I just want to know more about it. What was the inspiration? What was the process? You know. So I, uh, I'm kind of a, a weird guy when it comes to like holidays and things like that. Um, I brew every Christmas. Uh, it used to be that I brewed a golden sour every Christmas. Now I do my uh, Italian style Pilsner every Christmas. My birthday beer every year, I brew my favorite beer to brew, and that's my wheat wine. And I've, I've been dialing that beer in for years. Um, I just I really enjoy brewing high gravity beers. Um, and wheat wine, like you said, it's a style that not many people do. It's a style I really enjoy brewing. Um, so yeah, every year on my birthday, I, or you know, within a day or two of my birthday, I, I try to brew a batch of wheat wine. And uh, this particular batch got to rest in some ironclad small batch bourbon barrels for a while. And, oh, uh, nice. I, nice. I love it. It, it smoothed yeah, out so really nice. It's fourteen uh, percent, but it drinks like it's oh. eight or nine. Um, Hello. Super complex, and it, it's it's an amazing beer. Oh man! Yeah. So for those of us who are noobs in this world, can you explain what a wheat wine actually is? So I, I guess a lot of people have heard of a barley wine, uh, which is really just the, the the word wine throws a lot of people off. They're like they they think that they're it's mixed with wine or, or whatever the case is, um, but it's it's really just a, a, a traditional style that was higher gravity, higher alcohol. Uh, the, the focus was really on the grain. Um, so we, we kind of separate our beers into categories of hop forward, yeast forward, and malt forward. And those barley wines, wheat wines, uh, rye wines are very malt forward, high gravity beers. Um, and the wheat wine is um, one of those beers with just a really high uh, percentage of wheat in the grain bill. Instead of uh, your traditional barley, it would be in a barley wine. Yeah, usually darker. You know, not quite as dark as a porter, right? But yeah. darker than like a brown ale. And I think yeah, usually they're they're sweeter with like a little bit of hops on them, a little bitterness. 
there's very little most most of the time our color in beer comes from specialty malts so roasted malts crystal malts um there's very little of those malts uh in my wheat line but it's still a really dark amber color uh and that comes from an, a, a very long boil time so while you're boiling for four or five hours to increase the gravity of that beer, you're also uh, caramelizing some of the sugars that are in the beer. So you're almost cooking the sugars and and creating that color out of just regular old wheat wow. uh, and getting that darker awesome. color. Oh yeah, so, that would be a treat, definitely. For sure. There's, so there's one other brewery I know of in Virginia that's got uh, not only a wheat line but a barrel aged wheat line on, and they're they're uh, some of my my good friends in the industry and one of my favorite breweries, Decipher Brewing up in Charlottesville. Okay. Um, oh, okay. My hometown. But they're a relatively new brewery. Um, and they, they released the Artemis, their wheat line, and they did a barrel-aged version. And it is, it's killer also. Nice. So if you're in Charlottesville, check, check them out as well. Okay. Okay, definitely. I think I've seen Decipher here distributed, I feel like, in Virginia Beach, I think. They, they haven't gotten out of their tap room yet, so they're, they're all tap room. Uh, okay. We, we had them down at our anniversary uh, last month. Uh, they, they brought a couple kegs down. That was the first time they got out of the Charlottesville area. Uh, awesome. Well, I must have seen them... Like- yeah. I must have seen them like in the Facebook like craft beer groups or something because I've definitely heard that yeah. name before. They're, they're doing some great beer and they're getting a lot of traction and buzz uh, in like fans Virginia craft breweries and some of those other groups. Yeah, so. I, I, Charlottesville is another area that's blowing up with craft beer. We talked to um, Kevin from Random Row and uh, a really cool guy. Lots of really For good sure. beers from there too. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, so that's I, now that's, I want to try a wheat wine. You have to. You absolutely have to. <laughs> It'll change you. <laughs> um, so that's super cool. Um, I, you know, I see also you have Brother Greg, which is a Belgian quad brewed with coriander and ginger, um, which is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> that's nice. Um, you know, so Belgian quad, you know, uh, uh, four times the malt usually, but then you're using coriander and uh, and ginger as well. Um, so you know, tell us a little bit about that, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of the same reason uh, that I really like the wheat wine. Those, those high-gravity, malty, dark beers, that's kind of what what got me into beer, um, right? Drinking those Belgian quads and Trappist-style Trappist beers when I was stationed over there. Um, so, really enjoy brewing those and drinking them. Um, Brother Greg, uh, one of our, our former employees, her... Her brother's name is Greg, and she refers to him as Brother Greg. And uh, when I when I met him, that's how she introduced me to him. And I was like, "That is a perfect Belgian beer name, Brother Greg." Uh, so he's actually on the can on that label. Uh, you can kind of sort of see him in the background. Um, but yeah, we we tried the coriander and ginger just to kind of spice it up a little bit, and um, it's a very mellow spice, uh, but but people really enjoyed it. So we we brewed that one a couple times now. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I gotta, yeah, I gotta give that one a try too. Um, and then the last one I want to ask about something that I've never seen before, um, but I definitely want to try is this Dento, the Japanese style rice lager. Yeah, that one's like I have no idea where to go with that one. So yeah, what's up? <laughs> so uh, I I really enjoy brewing lagers. Uh, that's that's my thing these days. And um, we I've got what I call my international lager series, um, and 
when they brew those beers, the name of the beer is the word tradition in the language of that country. So, uh, Tradizione right. is my Italian pills, Tradic is my Czech pills, uh, Tradizia is my Baltic Porter, and then Dental is Japanese pronunciation of the word tradition. Um, so, yeah, again, it's, it's just a very um, traditionally brewed Japanese style rice lager. Um, so about half of that grain bill was was rice. So about half of our sugars came from from rice rather than barley. Um, it's got a it's got a really unique bitterness on the end. Um, the way the the um, the hops kind of play with that rice. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a great summer crusher here. It's about just over four percent, and uh, we've actually got that on one of our Czech side pole taps, so we can get that nice dense thick wet foam to it. And uh, it makes for a really cool drinking experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to picture, like, I'm trying to, like, yeah, I, I guess I just have to come down and try it for myself. Because um, all I can think about is, like, sake. Oh, and it's like, there's, yeah. what's up? No no better way to find out about yeah. it than just come out and, and try it out for yourself, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so. definitely. It's It's going to have to happen, so. Well, th those were the three that I wanted to ask about. I I really think it's cool that you're the naming convention that you chose using their own, um, their own language. You know, to to say traditional, basically or tradition. Um, yep. that's uh, that's really neat. Yeah, cool. Super creative. Really cool. Yep. And it, surprisingly, the word tradition sounds a lot like tradition in most languages. So, <laughs> Japanese was the first one that kind of really veered off, and people are like, "What? What does that mean?" Like, well, yeah. it's right beside Tradizione and Tradiz and Tradizia. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. I still like, I'm still tripping on Brother Greg right now. Just somebody who introduces their brother as Brother Greg. That's just awesome. Not I, to be confused with. That always introduces me as Cousin Brian. So all of her friends know me as Cousin Brian. So when I heard Brother Greg, I was like, that's, that's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we should make an old Greg beer that's just like a British style. Like, he was British, oh, yeah. right? It's an old ale. Yeah. 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 You yeah. got to put some Baileys in there. Baileys. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Good. Wow. Kids, ask your parents. Yeah. Um, well, this has been great, man. I think, you know, my mouth is watering. I feel like Reese's mouth is watering. I'm still a little bit traumatized with the ghost pepper lager, but I think I can, I can forgive you and uh, <laughs> come back to support. I mean, man, I'm, I'm excited to come. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to making the trip over there and, and trying some stuff out. I know Reese, you know, you're, you're stoked. You're all about these malt forward beards, man. So I am. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. definitely right up your alley. Yeah, definitely. I always try to have some of those malt forward beers as well as the, you know, the, the, the crisp lagers and the a bunch of IPAs, the sours, trying to have a little bit of something for, for everybody. That's kind of our niche yeah. over here. AJ's yeah, I, always been the the IPA guy, and I've always been like the stout porter guy. So I started to like, hey man, try this out. You know, tr now now try this one out. See what you think of that. And then he started having me go with the IPAs, and I think we've kind of both got a a taste of a well rounded taste now. It seems like. Yeah, exactly. I like trying everything. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think the last interview we did was with. Um... Um, Jeff from Murphy and Rude Malting, and we asked him like, "Hey, what what could you what beer would you recommend? What style of beer would you recommend for somebody who wants to like, like, hey, I want to intentionally taste a beer that's super malt forward, so I can like appreciate the malt flavor." Um, but those two that that Reese asked about would definitely do the trick. It sounds like. 
So, uh, so. Jeff actually at, at Murphy and Root, they're uh, as you know up in Charlottesville, um, mm-hmm. and they're actually in the same park as uh, Decipherers. So that might be where okay. you heard about Decipher also. He may have, he may have mentioned that yeah. because uh, they they work together uh, a lot. So, yeah, we had we had a lot of fun talking about it. Also. Wait, does he he doesn't share the building with them though, right? He shares it with somebody else, I think, or is it them? It's them. It is them. Okay, so that's that's who it was. And uh, Champion is just down the road, also, so uh, walking distance from uh, their their production facility, uh, not their tap room, but. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to move to Charlottesville now. Just kidding. There's so many good beer. That's the cool thing, man. There's like good beer everywhere. There's so much good beer everywhere. It's just it's amazing. Yeah, at least um, in Virginia. So. In Virginia, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it keeps growing. I feel like we're gonna compete with wine someday. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. We'll see. We'll see. They don't know. They don't know what they're missing out on. <laughs> but um, uh, is there anything else? I guess we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Uh, is there anything else uh, you want to share? I think we covered a, a lot of a lot of stuff I wanted to, and and some things that I hadn't even considered uh, talking about. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh with where we're at. Cool. Then I want to just remind everybody to make sure this Friday, Beer with a Vision Hazy Pale Ale. Go check it out. Newport News at Tradition Brewing. Uh, yeah. Um, proceeds are going 100% towards Massachusetts Association for the Blind. Um, and uh, make sure to go check out Team with a Vision as well. You guys are going to be doing the Boston Marathon this year. That's great. Uh, you know, good luck. That's awesome. You, I won't be there. Uh, maybe maybe sometime in the future. Uh, maybe less beer, more more running uh, would do good for for me. But uh, I'm happy that you're doing it. That's really cool. I, I drink plenty of beer and still do it. So <laughs> Ch- challenge accepted. Fine. Okay. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, yeah. So guys, just make sure if you're passing through, go check out Tradition Brewing in Newport News. If you want to learn more about Tradition Brewing Company and see what they are pouring, head to traditionbrewing.com or check them out on Instagram at tradition brewing yeah absolutely and just like reese mentioned a a minute ago please make sure to check out the links in the description of this podcast or the video if you're watching on youtube um, where you can donate to the massachusetts association for the blind and visually impaired directly through brian's specific link to help him reach his goal of raising ten thousand dollars and of course if you buy some beer with a cause or beer with a vision you will donate to that as well so make sure you definitely do that as well I'm I'm gonna be doing that. I'm heading up there and buying some beer. Buy buy one for <laughs> me, cause I can't I can't be there yet. Yeah, I'll buy you some. I will bring it to you. Just store it for me. I'll come to you. to you. I'll come to you, and I'll meet you halfway. Awesome. Yes, well, thanks again. A tradition in Newport News. There you go. That's the spot. That's a win. That's a win That's right true. there. Fair point. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brian. Thanks again for joining us, man. This has been a lot of fun. And, Thank you. Uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you in the next one. See you guys. Bye. Later. Cheers.